Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we're recording today, uh, Sunday, June 19th, on the rare double holiday. Uh, it is both Juneteenth and Father's Day. I can't uh, recall another situation where two holidays fall on the same day. That's that's a new one for me. Never? I mean, what other holidays can you think of? Two on the same day, like specifically like non-religious holidays? I'm trying to think of what holidays are not date-specific. Well, that's the point. You're probably right. I mean, Mother's Day maybe, but I, I don't think there's anything else. Is there anything else in May? Could Easter get pushed back? No, that's always in – I mean, it's possible. Mm. Seems unlikely. Mm. Seems unlikely. Mm. I'm not <laughs> – I don't know my <laughs> roving holidays very well, but yeah. very weird. We're, we're recording on a double holiday day. Um, but, you know, Casey and I are always here for you, so we're, we're diving in regardless. Not true. We literally just <laughs> took a week off. Led by we Mike. did. <laughs> two we weeks did. ago <laughs> hey all right so today we are going to spend the second half of the podcast talking about the recent addition to the purdue men's basketball team utah transfer david jenkins jr hmm, why does that name sound familiar to me Liv? it must be all the reporting after the fact it is it is so we'll I get can't into imagine anything else. we will give you time to gloat uh in the second <laughs> half of the podcast um, but we're going to touch on a little football news uh, at the top that I thought was pretty encouraging just from a financial standpoint. So, you know, Purdue's Ross-Ade Stadium has had many 
renovations over the years. You know, it used to have seats in the south end zone. Then they tore those out and they put in, you know, the pavilions where you could buy booze and uh, all that. And it's kind of more of a like a just a hangout, not I guess party atmosphere in that south end zone. But I mean, they took away those. Explain seats. to me football games, Ledman. What what is the experience? I mean, you know, I don't think Ross 8 is really a party atmosphere, but I think that's really what they're uh, going for uh, in that south end zone. But it's more of a way for them to just be able to sell booze uh, and make some extra money that they don't have to share with the conference uh, is the reality of it. So um, Wait, we don't sell we don't share booze sales. No, I don't think so. We should. Because <laughs> we're like we bottom one, half of the yeah, league. Yeah, Purdue would like bring Wisconsin, in money I want way. Wisconsin beer sale. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh my gosh, we or could Michigan. have two Mackey arenas. You you ever been to a game at the Big House? No. Oh my gosh, dude, there is so much booze going around that place. Have you ever met an Iowa fan? Uh, yes, actually, I have. They drank a lot, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> so that that's the that's a racket. We got to share like we have to share like our academic success, right? Everyone kind of gets on with our. Like Big Ten's a good academic school. I mean, yeah, in a way. We, we need their drinking money. I, see, I di- you know, it's one of those things I don't think the conference has to share, like, concession revenue. I don't know or, why you would. Uh, no, that makes but, no sense. Yeah. Because then you get a, like, then you would be able to have a say in other people how they run yeah. their... Yeah, you, or you could just, like, we're not selling concessions. <laughs> and then you just get the money and don't have to put it <laughs> again. Um, All right. All right, Northwestern. Yeah, exactly. You always got to hear you. nickel and dime their way through it. Um, so the point of that was that, uh, the, you know, the seating capacity of Ross 8 has fluctuated through the years. How much money uh, do you think IU makes? Like $7? I've never known yeah, of I anyone mean, that actually goes into the game. Tailgate it, would be okay. I guess. Yeah, tailgate would be good. I I think I've told you this before. I went to um, the game back in, gosh, it must have been, I think it was 2007, when IU beat us on that last second field goal in the year, like, right after Terry Hepner died. And it got them to a bowl game for the first time in like you know since like ninety seven or ninety four. Sad news before this, so I could ridicule and laugh easier. Well, yeah, but uh, we it was like me and another guy who went to Purdue. We went with our friend who went to IU, and we were in the IU student section, and they rushed the field, and him and I were just like standing there in the bleachers because it wasn't full. Even no. for a Purdue IU game where they had a chance to go to a bowl game for the first time in decades, it wasn't full. Um, so people just – we were standing there in our black Purdue shirts just uh, like, nope, we are not moving. So people were like flooding around us uh, to get there onto the field. That was frustrating. But I'll tell you, the the one silver lining of that – and I may have told this story uh, on the podcast before. Uh, they were giving out cookies. Like it was like some company was giving out big like single-serve – individually wrapped cookies are they big or single serve i know they were big <laughs> cookies that come in okay. like n ones uh-huh. and uh, i think we all know how cookies come thank i don't you. think we've ever seen multiple cookies hey the grandma's cookies comes in pack of two don't come yeah at me. but the cookie themselves are solo item well okay but they come in a pack of two these are were like individually wrapped whatever that's not the point of the story yeah Casey. but you wouldn't hand me a grandma's wrap thing and say here's a cookie because they are separate entities. You're really, you're really ruining the story. Here. <laughs> uh, so me and this guy, we walk out because every, all the students and a lot of the older people at the game had run onto the field. So all these people who were giving away these cookies had just like big like deli trays full of these cookies, and they're like, "Would you like a cookie?" And like I took one, opened it, and bit into it, and I was like, "Okay, this is good." So the next person I saw, I like took my How arms many and like. 
I shoveled my arms in there like I was like a desperate, <laughs> desperate beggar and just like looked the person in the eyes and was like just staring and just walked off. And I, I like I wound up with like 20 to 25 of these cookies uh, okay. and walked out of the stadium and was just every Purdue Happy. fan. I would like throw one to like, here you go, man. So we were like we were just commiserating. while did you have any cookies? cookies. Were there that many Purdue fans? Uh, well, I didn't see that many. Plus, uh, I was an angry person, so I wanted some for myself. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm still mad that you didn't let me have the giant pizza after the, uh, Purdue St. Peter's game. Once again, you are a full grown <laughs> adult and you could have ordered that pizza if you wanted it. So again, <laughs> we're talking about some news that came out about Purdue football. So, uh, the, they list current capacity of Ross aid right now as only 57,236 seats. Um, it went, I believe capacity was as high as 69,000, uh, back in the day. Uh, but because of, you know, different renovations and removing the South end zone, it's gone all the way down to 57, uh, two. So last year with about a month before, uh, kickoff, Purdue had sold just under uh, 34,000 in tickets. Uh, I'm sure it went a little higher than that because, like I said, this is information from a month before the season started. And just a couple weeks ago on their Instagram account, the Purdue uh, Purdue Sports Instagram showed that they have already sold an additional 4,000 new season tickets for this year. Um, and as that I said, this good. was – this was a couple of weeks ago, and this is in addition to um, another post they shared where they said it was either 98 or 99 percent of season tickets had been renewed uh, from the year prior. So that is just great news for Purdue football from a revenue revenue perspective. Um, I mean, the, these the fact that season ticket sales are going up is is strange given recent years uh, after we bottomed out under Daryl Hazel. So this is really great to see. Yeah, that's good. I mean, successful season last year beyond obviously either of our thoughts pretty much all season. Yeah. Um, didn't have the most optimistic view going in. Didn't have the most optimistic view in the middle at the start. And all of a sudden we just start keep winning games and it kind of seems like we have something going on. So it is good to see. I, I don't think our fan base is great about consistently showing up when we do have bad teams. It's hard to blame no. them. No. But... I do think we jump on very quickly. Um, so kudos to the ticket sales. Uh, a, a big thing about football is the atmosphere. So if we can fill Ross aid, if every game, you know, games feel more important if the, if the crowd is live, if it's packed, we've got more night games. Uh, this is, this is a complete positive for the program and hopefully it continues an upward trend. Yeah. And I mean, just, just from a monetary perspective, it's, it's sure. just really great um, because with, uh, I believe it's $45 million of renovations coming to Ross aid in the near future. Anytime you can get those guaranteed funds coming in like, uh, season tickets is great. Um, in addition to the, you know, general public, and I know this is included in the, in the season tickets, but it's nice to know that the, the boarding pass for Purdue students is also sold out. So they sell 10,500, um, what they call the boarding pass, um, if you went to Purdue at the is same that time a play I did, on words of some kind. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, it is. Uh, if you went to Purdue at the same time I did, this would be uh, what would be called the the VIP card. So it's, in essence, it gets you into all the sports. Okay, boarding pass um, is much better than that. Well, I, I don't really love either of them. They they need to come up with a, a more Purdue centric name. What's I think, wrong with but, boarding pass? How is that not Boilermaker? I mean, because you can board anything. I I mean, I guess you could say it's for a train, but how many? When you say, hold on. No one says you're boarding the plane. 
Everyone says that. No. What do you say? I'm, it's hopping, literally on, I'm hopping on the Skybird. It's, it's literally called a boarding pass at no, the airport. I'm hopping on the Skybird. I don't think you've ever been in a plane. <laughs> it is I true. It's an expensive I, Uber to the airport. To, I know I picked you up at you the airport and, and dropped you off, but I'm still not convinced you came on a plane if that's how you talk. Look, sometimes words don't sync up in your head correctly. Okay. And you get caught in it. And this, yeah, this is one of those times. Yeah. Moving on. Um, so, I mean... I just wanted to bring this up because I think it says a lot about you know what is going on not only financially, which is obviously what we're really looking for if we want to build a successful program, especially in the world of NIL, um, but fan base enthusiasm, as you said, because so much of getting people in the stands, it's you know it's a it's a vicious circle because people want to go to games where they're going to have fun, where their friends are going to be, where their family is, but. If it's a bad atmosphere, no one's going to want to go. If it's a bad atmosphere, the team won't play well, you know, and then so on and so forth. It's and you just cold. kind of spiral. Yeah. So it, we just we're, – we're finding a way to dig ourselves out of the hole we, we were in, and we continue to climb up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the style of football that Jeff Brom plays um, and the fact that we have one of the more exciting offenses that we've had in, in quite a while. So I'm really looking forward to football season. I know we haven't talked a lot about it on the podcast, but – Soon, with, guys. Soon. That's right. Uh, with our with our basketball stuff coming to an end, uh, we're almost through the roster. Uh, we will be transitioning to football. So I'll be honest, guys. The reason we do it is because I have to work less. <laughs> yeah, I know basketball. Know, I don't have Casey to study. Knows, it. I, knows I, more I, basketball yeah. right away. So it's a lot. It's I'm a lot less like, work. I'm gonna have to look at football names, and that's yeah, hard. yeah. He barely knows who the quarterback is. Uh, it's kind of sad. But I can't wait until all studs there. <laughs> you know. You laugh, but we had all stuff. I know. That's why okay. the joke was. Okay. Come on. It's like, well, I, you know, Come again, on. What are, what I don't are know. Not a Purdue centric podcast. Well, am I, mean, I not I, a host of a Purdue well, sports sometimes. podcast? I'm not the host. No. I mean, you're, you're the co-host. That's true. Color yeah. Guy. So yeah, you're the color guy. I'm the play by play. That's right. So there we go. Good news about Purdue football. Good news for money. Good news for atmosphere. So tickets obviously still on sale, but um, you know, if they, if they were at, 33.5 last year and have sold over you know 9,000 additional ones plus they assume a 99% return um, of those who were purchased previously. We're looking at you know 42 or 43,000 season you know what tickets I have to sold. Say to that, Ledman? What? All the I, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I was told there was gonna be no math, <laughs> but uh, so I mean you know we're we're at least. At the very least, in the forty thousands, um, you know, if you don't, even if you don't quite trust their numbers, you would assume we're at least in the forty thousands. So that is great news uh, for Purdue. You assume that number will continue to rise, and you also uh, have to assume that some of those games are going to be sellouts with single day purchases. Except, I, especially, I'm really hoping for that first game uh, against Penn State will be a sellout. So really looking yet? forward to the season. Uh, I don't believe we play them this year. No. Well, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I say that and I'm sure I'm going to get called on it. So I'm going to look it up as you, uh, as you vamp for me for just a second. Well, I'm currently eating a cherry out of an old fashioned with a golf tee. I hold on. What? <laughs> there was a cherry at the bottom of my old fashioned. And the only thing I had around to scoop it out to not be gross. My finger sticky is a golf tee. A used golf tee? Mm. Plead the fifth. <laughs> just plead the fifth. No, we do not play Notre Dame this year. I was That's right. That's cool. I was right. All right. I'm going to let you eat your cherry. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the newest addition to the Purdue men's basketball squad. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Best segment yet. <laughs> I cannot believe you ate that with a golf tee. <laughs> like some sort of fucking hillbilly. Distinguished animal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. Casey has cleaned his teeth of the cherry that he was eating. Uh, wiped the off golf the, tee. Wiped off the golf tee on his pants. Put it back in his bag. So he's ready to go. So as we said at the top of the program, uh, Purdue did add a transfer guard. Um, you may have heard his name a few weeks back when Casey and I did a, a whole segment on if we thought Purdue even had a chance to get a transfer guard at this point this late in the game. Uh, Utah transfer David Jenkins Jr. committed to Purdue basketball on June 15th. Casey, uh, you actually brought him up. Long, he was, long he was, before GBI. <laughs> long was, before Journal and Courier. <laughs> long before the Indy Star. Long, long, long before anyone had ever mentioned any interest in a some guy from Utah. You heard it here, folks. Breaking news. David Jenkins Jr. is a boilermaker. It just made That's too much all? sense. Yeah, okay. I thought you'd be a little I thought you'd be a little more chess beady and a little more um excited about the fact that you called this weeks ago. I mean, it's definitely like hitting a bullseye without even looking at the board. I was yeah. scrolling down a top one hundred list. Um and his name spoke to me. The oh, okay. the six two one ninety five guard spoke yeah. to me. Forty percent three point shooter spoke to me. Um we can requote the quote that I, I used last time and I would love that. It, it so he's a strong guard who can get to the basket and finish. We need that. We yes. have to guard him on the three-point line. We really need that. Yes, would love Shoots to it extremely that. well from beyond the arc. We need that. He looks like a Tyrone Johnson doppelganger. We need that. Yeah, yeah, he really does. I was just commenting on that before we got back in the segment. Um, you know, Travis wrote a post on on his commitment for the June 16th uh, 
issue of Hammer and Rails, if you will. And the the picture he used, I looked at it and I was like, that guy looks like Tyrone Johnson. Silly um, Travis. Similar build, um, hair. similar similar hair and kind of facial structure. Um, so it, it was interesting um, because we know, I mean, you know, Tyrone Johnson had a lot of success at Purdue. Um, maybe not as much as roasted, we wanted. Uh, roasted him and his brother at the co-rec. Consistently. Well, I mean, consistently. His brother just too much them. sauce for Purdue, so we had to get that guy out of here. Um, but it does seem like maybe David Jenkins Jr. is going to be uh, a, a welcome addition to Purdue. Uh, so I, I looked up kind of what people were saying about this when it happened, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, it's Ant Wright on Twitter, uh, former Michigan basketball player Anthony Wright. Shout out Ant Wright. Um, so he he posted about this uh, on the day of the commitment. I believe he must have gotten these numbers from Ken Palm. Um, he doesn't cite that, but it, it, it's got those same uh, Ken Palm feels for the stats. So he says, and I'm going to quote him verbatim here. It says, Purdue gets some backcourt backcourt help in Utah transfer 6-1 David Jenkins Jr. Uh, 85th percentile in overall offensive efficiency, 96th percentile in spot-up efficiency, 94th percentile in ISO efficiency and 99th percentile in unguarded catch and shoot jumpers. That would not eight... be Ken Palm, by the way. That is um, okay. Much more advanced. Okay, and that is 18th nationally. That is ball tracking. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but yeah, that is specific ball tracking metrics and advanced, advanced. Okay, well, metrics. hey, those numbers sound good to me. So I. He looks like Tyrone Johnson. You you could argue when he drives to the hoop, he kind of looks like him because he has a strong short guard. But that's not really the best part of his game. He's not super quick. He's not a good defender. But right. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um, I need to send you this highlight at some point. And I, I don't want to watch. I don't want you to watch how he drops that he drops thirty points in a game. I want you to just look at the net when he takes his three point shots because it doesn't move. Okay. The ball just goes up and down and through, and there is no, there's no swish. There's no movement at all. It is just straight flush through. The guy can shoot. I like that. We definitely need that. Uh, so he's a little undersized, not a good defender. He is a has had a negative defensive box plus and minus his entire career. That's oh, my. Two years and at South like Dakota State, schools, right? a year at UNLV, and a year at Utah. Yeah, because he's coming in technically as a grad transfer. Yeah. Kind of fell out of the rotation at Utah. Um, started just 10 games. Uh, played in all 30, well, I don't know if all 31, but played in 31 games. Um, saw a decrease in minutes. Uh, only played 591 minutes. Uh, but when he's out there, he is a scorer. He is a shooter. Not not going to get by a bunch of guys. Um He's confident one-on-one, but he's confident one-on-one just because he needs a little bit of space to get his jump shot off. So I'm excited about it. Okay, why are you excited about that? Because we need an elite shooter. I don't think we can count on Newman being that. And I think this, if you weren't going to get a guard that could play the primary ball handler, which he's he's not a playmaker. He's never had an assist rate over 11.6, and you know how I feel about that. That's pretty low. Yes. If you're not going to be that, you need to be someone that makes playmaking a lot easier for the other guard, Ethan Morton, Braden Smith, uh, Foster Lawyer. Brandon Newman. Yeah, we're not going to call him a playmaker. I mean, we got to have him do something next year. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot a lot. Okay. But the thing is, if you have a knockdown shooter, all of a sudden the space that creates. That allows 
you know, Morton to be able to get into his bag and create looks, something he does well. He has a nearly three to one assist to turnover ratio in his career. Having a knockdown shooter is a good way to get easy assists and easy points. Also, yeah. if you're going to double in the post and now all of a sudden you have Jenkins and Mason Gillis on the floor at the same time, you're going to you're going to find it hard to double anyone. Yeah, I mean, that would be assuming that that Gillis continues how he shot this year. That'd be two 40 percent three point shooters on the floor out there. Yes, um, but he is an elite shooter, elite shooter. Just you, you can kind of tell by the way some guys shoot. He is the, the jump shot will translate if nothing else does. He is one of the most efficient scorers when he has the ball. Um, yeah, he's been in the top 20 for field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, uh, three point percentage, obviously. So I'm excited because he's not the dream candidate. We had that. Well, right. Yeah. Up. Came and went so with, this a, point, with a bag of cash and a Honda Civic. At this point, we need to look at like 15 minutes of point guard. And I now, think, do you do you think he's going to be playing point guard? Because everything I've read about him and the things that I've seen indicate that he's definitely more of a combo guard than a true point guard. Um, do you think he'll he'll be you know thrown out there and say the ball's in your hands, make some plays? Or I don't think it's just, an offensive worry. I think it's a defensive. Do you have no. a guy that can play 10 to 15 minutes on defense? Not his strength, but I do think he can fill in for that amount. Okay. I don't care about his position. Okay. The ball will move. We'll have people. It's fine. I don't think the adage is great for our overall ceiling that we don't need a point guard, but I'm not concerned. My major concern is who is going to defend the one for 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he can do I mean, it. And, you're, and you're saying this guy can't do that. He He's not going to do it well, but like he can do it. And there, there's a big difference between, you know, he's this will be his sixth season. He yeah. redshirted the season. He's going to be experienced. He's strong. It, I think. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he's a built guy. I, I mean, you look at the, just look at pictures of him. I mean, he's he is a, a big, strong guy. I mean, like you said, only six one or six two, depending on where you look. But he's listed at over two hundred pounds. I think if anything, watching Isaiah Thompson the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean that's we a have contrast. Grown to appreciate a guard who just can't get moved off the ball wherever he is. Yeah. I think we could work with that for 10, 15, 20 minutes. If he gets hot in a game, you play him longer. I think with his shooting makes him the ultimate kind of versatile player on offense. You can play him with anyone, whether it's moving off screen and shooting, whether it's being the guy there when Edie gets doubled inside, uh, whether it's just a kickoff option for Ethan Morton, the other guy at the corner with Gillis. If you can shoot, you can play with anyone. And I think we need more of that on offense. So, as far as last second recruits coming over, I think the fact that we got a guy who has an elite skill is an absolute home run by Coach Painter. Yeah. Home run. So, you know, in a perfect world, well, forget the perfect world. We we saw that walk out the door with $800,000 in a, in a, you know, a Chevy Nova. Um, so we add this guy to the roster, Jenkins Jr. How many minutes do you think is going to be what he can handle or what he should be put in place to do? Um, what's a realistic expectation for him going out there? Um, probably right around the 17, 18. I think he'll come off the bench. Um, it could be that his experience, uh, it might depend a lot on how Braden Smith plays. Is okay. he ready for this? Because if yeah. not, we at least have a 60-year guy who could, in theory, take over that starting role. So you still think then, given, even though he has the experience, you still think Braden Smith might be the starter at the point guard? Or do you think someone else, like, Morton might start at the point guard and then we just kind of shuffle things around. I don't think we want to start Morton at the one. I don't think that either. <laughs> so I don't, 
I see that's that's my problem. I mean, I don't know that Purdue has any good answer as someone who can play at the one on both ends of the floor because you know we've said it a number of times in this podcast. Purdue's team doesn't really need a traditional. Uh, you know, point guard that distributes and gets seven, eight assists a game. That's not really how they play. It would be great to have, but it's not necessary. But we need someone who can guard the point guard position, and I don't really necessarily think that that is Ethan Morton. Braden Smith coming in as a freshman, that's a tough assignment, but if this David Jenkins Jr. guy can't do it either, we're just going to have to throw a bunch of bodies out there, I guess. Um, I also called him Foster Lawyer, and that's all oh. That's Fletcher lawyer. You did. So I didn't even catch it. So here, I, I want to say two things. First of all, I don't care that you uh, hot shot me a question a few weeks ago. I'm changing my answer. Who I think is going to be the number two <laughs> scorer, and I am officially to make up for it. I'm putting Fletcher lawyer in as my number two scorer. I, well, first of all, I just wanted to be known. You came up with the question. Uh, the, no one can prove uh, that. I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to that episode, nope. you came up with the question. I'm not changing it in my note. My official note, you said. Well, I've changed it in the official what is official. I'm choosing Fletcher Lawyer. You can't just name every player. You're just going to go I'm choosing it now. This is my answer. The season hasn't started. Okay, not... but we had, to, we had to lock it in on that podcast. No, we didn't. We make up these rules. We made up everything about all of this. Yeah. Yes, we do. And you said we're gonna start doing this. We're gonna make some picks. Well, I changed my pick. It does not in my phone. You didn't, and <laughs> uh, that's where the answers are holding. And I am the host, as we've already said. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting away with it. So uh, besides Fletcher Lawyer being the second highest scorer next season, it's the only thing I've ever said. <laughs> Number two, if he got a we got a real <laughs> ni- we got a real 1984 vibe on this podcast all of a sudden. <laughs> We've we've always been for a no Connell, and Fletcher Lawyer has always been the number two scorer. Um, if if Fletcher Lawyer can defend the one, he's starting next season. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's a huge if. Eh, I'm gonna say he can guard the one. <laughs> that's 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 my second prediction. Okay. So I think it's gonna be Fletcher Morton Newman, and I think Jenkins will be the lead guard coming off the bench with Braden Smith. Okay, bold take, bold take. And so I mean. Overall, I mean, we both view this as a as a pretty good pickup, especially for this late in the game, right? Yeah, you don't find a guy who has an elite skill. You're super valuable on the basketball court. I don't care about your limitation. You can be used. Getting a guy who is a B minus all across the board, like like a Jihad Proctor, decent yeah. player, didn't do anything elite. And yes, he was on a team that wasn't super talented, but he also didn't have any real skill to elevate everyone else. If you're an elite shooter and this guy... Pretty sure is an elite shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you he's averaged 41%. The program, and that's big to get in the transfer market after it seems like we already lost all the guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this you know, we talked about on our transfer episode how late these things generally happen. And this is very late to get a player who you think is going to contribute. Um, the only exception, of course, was, I believe, John Octius, but he was a, a strange situation. Um, and we talk about this, you know, Jenkins has shot 41.3% of his career from three. Keep in mind, he is a guy who's taken a lot of three-point shots. You know, he is not a uh, a guy who you're, you know, 
thinking only has shot 100 over four or five years. He has taken 782 three-pointers in his career, making 323 of them for 41%. So uh, he has been a volume shooter from deep. So that bodes well. As you said, that is going to translate no matter the level of competition. So yeah, because it, I wonder, it's something that we'd love to, love to add this late in the year. Yeah, because it would be amazing. Like I'm just so worried about playing a guy for – you know, 15 to 20 minutes, it's a backup guard that can't defend at all. I don't know what that would be like. I'm yeah, definitely it, sure you know, we've never succeeded it's never with happened that. To, it's never we've happened. We've never had before. success with that. No. So it, it's... You know what's fun? He's it, a three-point shooter that actually shoots. Well, that's He doesn't average 2.3 attempts a game. I mean, you made no secret that uh, last year Isaiah Thompson was not your favorite player mm-hmm. on the team. Um, he did have a, a very good three point shot when he could get it off and when he actually took it, um, 2.3 times a game right. is which only as, skill as the season went on became, uh, you know, fewer and fewer shots, shots a game he took just over this season or over his career. Um, I'll let you guess over this season and the season before, cause they're the exact same number shots okay. per game, total shots or just three point shots, shots, field goal attempts per okay. game. Okay. Uh, 3.6. You're very close at three. Oh, okay. Do you know how little three, I had three shots up in my league on Tuesday within three minutes. Well, you know, that's because you're a star. Yes. (laughs) You know, everybody's getting you the ball. So that's not really fair. Um, but yeah, for, for a guy who we were relying on to be one of our shooters to only have three shots per game, uh, is not great. So, you know, that leads me to this question. Ideally for this for Jenkins Jr., how many shots do you want him to take a game? I mean, what's going to have like him earn his keep? Eight. Wow, that many. Yeah, because they're all going to be threes, and I want him <laughs> to take them. I, you you basically just want him to camp out Jack, yes. in whatever, whatever whatever spot on the floor is his favorite Come spot. Right. Take eight of them a game. I want. Will will come what may. Hopefully he'll hit forty percent. I want one assist a game from Edie to him, and I want <laughs> two from Morton and one from. Random person. Okay. And that's that's 12 points. Yeah. Like, that. that's all I need. Like, he can do a straight line drive, and he can shoot. And to be honest, that sounds great. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Who else on this team do we trust to kind of make a move and get to the hoop? More. Your, your <laughs> silence says a lot. Your silence says a lot. The guy so. averaging two points a game. Yes. <laughs> in fairness, we're big fans of that guy. Correct. So, I mean, the the offense is going to, other than Edie next year, the offense is going to be uh, kind of wild. We don't really know. You know, we've got a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but not a lot of it has shown up in the box score. For the you know, use, uh, you know putting, putting Zach Edie aside, not a lot of proven scorers at the college level on this team. No. So adding a six-year guy who's, you know, Utah was a step up. I guess if you want to talk about Pac-12 like that, but coming to Big Ten in a weak Big Ten, like it's not. This ain't your daddy's. The most dangerous Big Ten guards all left. Johnny Davis is gone and Jaden Ivey's gone. I'm not worried about him. And Murray, although Murray's not a guest. So I'm not worried about him night to night getting torched by guards. Not a major concern. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, we we the Big Ten did have kind of a a big loss of of good guards and. Uh, a couple big scorers, but you just never know what's coming in. You never know who's going to take that jump. I'm jumping off Purdue's one of the Big Ten next year, Levin. Okay, I'm let's write that down weak. in this note. <laughs> Make sure you edit that other part, since apparently uh, we're yeah. allowed to add uh-huh. to the notes right now. No, I'm not adding that in the note. Although, for the, when we record the next podcast, I do have a good question for you. 
related to Purdue, and we're going to have to go on the record in the next one. So that's just a little tease for what we're going to do next episode. Records change. Loyalty remains. Go! All right, I love that. That was nice. That was good. Did you steal that from somewhere? Uh, you know I'm a poet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got David Jenkins Jr. I don't know if that means I steal stuff or not. Everybody steals right. stuff. Um, it, you know, one of the best things I learned uh, when I became a lawyer was the best lawyers steal. Oh, you became um, a lawyer? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. Uh, a Fletcher lawyer, if you will. A what? Um, a Fletcher lawyer, the basketball player I was you know, oh. referencing. I'm so Ooh, dumb that right I thought that head. was literally a type of lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm going to just start chart. I'm just going to send you bills <laughs> now. On, and top it's, on top, it's going to write Fletcher lawyer and you're just going to send me money. Um, you know, one of the things they, they, they teach you as soon as you actually, you know, become a lawyer is they're like, don't re don't recreate the wheel every time. Here's a motion. I wrote, just take what you can change the wording. It's fine. Uh, so, all you got to do is uh, find what you can use, steal it, and move on. You know, improve upon that. Shout out to the MCU. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, I mean, we assume now Purdue is basically done uh, in the transfer portal. God, I hope so. I don't think I can pull I, another I, one off. I don't think we have any additional scholarship room uh, for next year. So, uh, I think one is one is all we've got. Um, if I'm if I'm doing my math correctly and remembering how things uh, kind of uh, shook out after we had those transfers, so uh, this is the roster. Uh, we got guys coming out of red shirts. We got guys coming in that we haven't seen play in person in the college level. Um, but adding a like you said, adding a six year guy with an elite skill, uh, I'm pretty happy with wh- where we wound up here after some turmoil in the process. But when we look back on it in a couple years, no one's going to remember the guys that didn't come here, and we're not going to remember how long it took. We're just going to remember how David Jenkins Jr. performed on the floor, whether that be good or whether that be bad. I might think about Nigel Pack quite a bit. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not normal is the thing. That's fair. You're, I won't remember this at all. Uh, maybe maybe Nigel Pack will be uh, your Desmond Bain. Every time I Travis see a Honda Accord, <laughs> I'm going to wonder if it's him. Yeah. <laughs> tinted, make sure it has tinted windows because I'm sure they paid extra for that for him too. Hurricane special. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So – I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, good news for Purdue basketball. Like I said, on the next episode, I'm going to make Casey go on the record uh, with some recent Purdue basketball news. Him and I are both going to go on the record with some predictions. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Make sure to click subscribe so you get that one automatically in your feed. But for Casey and myself, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Boiler up.